Even though the New Orleans Saints weren't directly involved in the Aaron Rodgers trade, there are three major ways that they are impacted by it. We got all of that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much as always. Make it Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget you could follow and subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast so you never miss a daily upload or episode. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson. Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert, Credential member of the media, senior writer, and reporter over at Saints News Network, the Sports Illustrated Fan Nation site covering the New Orleans Saints. We've also got you covered every Tuesday on Locked on NFL and every single Monday through Friday here on Locked on Saints. And on today's episode of Locked on Saints, it's Trends Tuesday, which we do every year before the NFL draft. We'll take a look at the Saints' three biggest positions of need and the prototypes that do, that they usually use when they draft, and the players that do and don't fit those prototypes. We'll start, we'll get to in a little bit why running back ends up very much with a decreased pool of availability based on the prototypes, but there are several defensive linemen both on the edge and in the interior that fit very well for New Orleans. But before we get to those trends, I want to open up today's show with a look at the Aaron Rodgers trade and how it impacts the New Orleans Saints. Because even though the Aaron Rodgers trade took place between the Green Bay Packers and the New York Jets, the Saints do not go unimpacted or unaffected by this trade, even though they're not directly involved in it. And there are two big things in particular, and then one more on-field thing that I think are the impacts for the New Orleans Saints when it comes to this draft. And the first of which basically means that like the Green Bay Packers now have two different ways they could be the Saints' best friend on Thursday when it comes to potential trades and moving around. The first of which that we always have to acknowledge when it comes to the New Orleans Saints is the potential that they could move up. And the Green Bay Packers just made their first round selection a little bit more appealing than it was before. Even though I was out on Twitter cracking jokes about it, the Green Bay Packers and the New York Jets swapped first round picks as a part of this Aaron Rodgers trade. And while that might look from a value standpoint as kind of a menial thing to where it was like ego driven and like, well, we want that first round pick, so we're going to get it, even though if it means us giving up our first round pick, which makes no sense anyway. But it does end up making their first round pick now that they move from 15 to 13 all the more valuable. And remember, the Saints and the Packers have done draft day trades before. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about that one. The infamous now, I think you can call it, Marcus Davenport trade. With the Saints moving from 27 up to 14 to draft Marcus Davenport, now they're at 29. The Green Bay Packers were at 15, now they're at 13. If the Saints were looking to move into the teens, you have to imagine that the Packers were on their list just based on the history between the two franchises and trades happening between the two. And so when you now look at what the Green Bay Packers have at pick 13, it's a little bit more valuable. There's a little bit more value in that. So that could potentially change the way that the Saints look at moving up into the teens. And if you ask me, that's a good thing. That's a good thing for me. But to me, that's what makes them the best friend in round one is that it might be that their move up to two, their move up two spots makes that pick a little bit too valuable or 
puts them too close in position to make another move up themselves to go and get, let's say, Jackson Smith and Jigba within the top 10, or as he falls just outside of the top 10, if that were to happen, then that means that the Saints can't get a hold of that 13th overall selection, which could be a good thing to keep them from moving up way further than they necessarily need to for a guy that they might like. Now, it could just mean that they look to move up with someone else, but hey, at least maybe 13 is a little bit too far out of reach. And maybe 13 now is a little bit more prime real estate for the Green Bay Packers since they have an opportunity to move up and go and get their guy. There's another one here, though, that I think is really interesting. We know that the New Orleans Saints don't trade back or they haven't traded back since 2007. Did it twice in 2006. They did it again in 2007. They haven't traded back ever since. They've traded up every single draft for the last like two decades or something like that. And so the idea of them trading down is one that we usually balk at, laugh at, and just kind of dismiss. But I want you to hear this. This is something from Peter Bukowski over at Locked on Packers, who was live yesterday breaking down the Aaron Rodgers trade. And there's an interesting idea here where the Saints could potentially benefit. And if I'm the Saints, I'm picking up the phone. If I see that Green Bay area code and I'm saying yes to whatever they got, if I'm on the board at 29 and there's multiple players that I like. And here's the other thing. We talked about that trade down, trade up. Well, what if the Packers can sit there and get JSN at 13? They've got their receiver now. They don't have to move back up for him. What about this one? What about this one? Now you've got the extra second. What if you grab Jackson Smith the Jigba at 13 and then you take 42 and 45 and go back into the first round and grab your tight end? Peter, call me, fam. Call me. 42 and 45 or 29. I'm taking that all day if I'm the New Orleans Saints. Remember, in my mock draft, I did what, 40. 48 and 55 in order to let the Detroit Lions come up to draft Osiris Torrance. And then I was able to leave with Mozzie Smith and Jameer Gibbs and, you know, several different possibilities in terms of what you could do with those three second round picks. The meat of this draft is the second, third and fourth rounds, maybe the fifth round, depending upon how players fall. And if the quarterback situation gets as weird as we think the quarterback situation is going to get on Thursday, where no one can find the Anthony Richardson team, Will Levis is now favored to be the number one or the, the, the second overall selection. And Bryce Young is favored to be the number one overall selection, and no one knows where CJ Stroud is going now. And so if there's just complete anarchy and dismay in the top 10, that works to the Saints' favor. Because maybe that wide receiver does fall out of the top 10. Maybe that does keep Green Bay where they are, therefore keeping the Saints where they are at 29 and allowing them to maybe possibly get the phone call that Peter just suggested there of, hey, we'll give you 42 and 45 to get up to 29 so that we get the guy that we want. We get a fifth year option on him and we'll pay the premium because we're moving up for a uh, for a first round pick. And if one of those top four quarterbacks is on the board, you can charge an even greater premium to make sure you get both of those second round picks. It's not that bad. The general kind of uh, expectation or, or whatever standard is that two picks around later will get you a pick around earlier. And so if that convention, and so if that's a general convention, 42 and 45 in order to get 29, if I'm the Saints, I know I don't trade down very often. I'm trading down to 2023. Absolutely no doubt about that. But I do think that 13 might keep them a little, keep a, a trade partner that they have had before in the past, that they have history with, a little bit too far away for the Saints to make some big dramatic trade up to 13. Doesn't mean that they don't do it with some other team that they have history with, the 
you know, Washington Commanders, for instance, who they traded with last year to get Chris Olave, they pick at 16. So there's still opportunity there for them to do that. But it just got a little bit tougher. The other thing that this ends up impacting is that the Saints, who do play the Green Bay Packers or travel to Green Bay next year, um, they will not see Aaron Rodgers in 2023 and potentially may not see Aaron Rodgers for the rest of his career because they're not slated to play the New York Jets until 2025. And so if that's the case, that ends up putting New Orleans in a situation here to where the two best quarterbacks that they're going to play that have NFL experience are Jared Goff and Trevor Lawrence in 2023. Now, we looked at the quarterbacks last year and said, oh, the Saints are in a great position in order to be able to play some pretty bad quarterbacks next year and unproven quarterbacks in 2022. And they went, you know, they were at a disappointing season. But they also had trouble keeping their quarterbacks healthy. They had to make a midseason change to Andy Dalton. They had to change their offense, all these other things. So I'm looking ahead to 2023 and I'm looking at it and I'm going, okay, well, they got their quarterback situation taken care of. They kept Michael Thomas around. They're adding pieces. They contend- they have, they're in a really great position in this year's draft as long as they don't make some big drastic trade-up that costs them their capital. And now you look at the quarterback landscape of who they're playing in 2023, and they're in a really good place. Really, really good place. And then, of course, that all depends, too, on how good the rookie quarterbacks that will be on their schedule and the ones within the division uh, end up being as well. Coming up next, Trend Tuesday here before the NFL draft. What are the trends and prototypes you need to be aware of for the defensive line? The good news is that the Saints have a lot of those little needs, necessities, things that they like when it comes to defensive linemen on the edge and in the interior, but there are a lot of options that check all the boxes. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by friends over at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, and the one place that you need to be as baseball season is now underway. Grand slams, no hitters, double plays, they're all back, and there's no place better for you to get in on the action than over at FanDuel. Again, it's America's number one sportsbook, and right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. And place your first bet, and you're going to get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win, meaning that there's no losing when it comes to your first bet over at FanDuel. You're going to take a look at the opportunity to maybe take some props in this as well. You grab a prop for, um, will Aaron Judge hit a home run? That seems like a pretty easy one. And many more. You could also pull together a bunch of stuff for parlays as well for a potential even bigger payout on the backside. So there's a bunch that you could check out. So don't miss out on your chance to get your no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Big thank you, as always, to all the everydayers out there, making us your first listen of the day every day. And for all you everydayers out there, tomorrow's episode on Wednesday, midweek mock draft. So we did our kind of dueling mock drafts yesterday to where I did the predictive mock draft and gave you my alternative and dissenting picks. Tomorrow's episode, we're going to break down the mock draft that was mine, which will have all of those alternative and dissenting picks, including staying put at 20. Nine. So we'll go in through all of that tomorrow. Today, we're looking at the prototypes that the New Orleans Saints use or the prototypes that we can glean from their draft history, uh, particularly at three positions of need, defensive tackle, defensive end, and running back. We're going to get to running back in a little while because running back is complicated. Um, defensive tackle, 
edge rusher, not so much. Lots of different players on there that check the boxes. So when we look back at the defensive tackle prototype, we're really kind of looking throughout the Jeff Ireland days. 2015, Jeff Ireland returned. 2016, he revamped the scouting department. 2017, they had what I think is the best draft class in NFL history. Five out of those seven players that were drafted are now making total contracts of nearly $400 million combined. Just absolutely insane, right? They're making nearly double the NFL's salary cap. They're making more than double the NFL salary cap the year that they were drafted, which is just absolutely insane. So when you look at where the Saints love their defensive tackle prototype, we have to look back at players like Tyler Davidson and then, or Davison, excuse me. Then we have to go to Sheldon Rankins and David Onyemata, who were both drafted the same year. And then we can jump ahead to last year, Jordan Jackson. If we take all four of those players and then add all of their height together, their, their weight together, and then arm length together, those are the three spots that I'm really looking at here. We get the prototype, six foot three, around 302 pounds, we'll call it 300 plus, and then we'll say 33 and a half inch arms. That's about the threshold in terms of where the Saints like to be. They like to be somewhere around that. Who are the matches? That check all three of those boxes, six foot three, 300 plus pounds, 33 and a half inch arms. Jalen Carter out of Georgia. I know he's all the way up there and the Saints aren't going to draft him, but I'm just saying, right? He, he matches the prototype. So Jalen Carter out of Georgia. Mozzie Smith out of Michigan. Hey, thumbs up. Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin. Hey, big time thumbs up. You want an athletic, uh, big bodied, disruptive player? Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin. Absolutely that guy. I think if the Saints don't go defensive tackle in the first round, they could go with Keanu Benton at 40, or heck, maybe they like Keanu Benton so much they take him at 29. Who knows? Cameron Young out of Mississippi State. Gerard Clark, the big, big, big defensive tackle out of Coastal Carolina. And Broderick Martin, the defensive tackle out of Western Kentucky, another big bodied run stuffer type. There's some notable outliers here too, guys that we've talked about a ton here on the show. Kalijah Cansey, of course, the defensive tackle out of Pitt, who comes in under 300 pounds, comes in at six foot one, comes in with short arms. Kobe Turner, the defensive tackle out of Wake Forest, but only because of weight and slightly because of height. Uh, but I think that he is still close enough that he would be able to get in there. And then Moro Jomo, I believe, arm length was, was the issue for him. But if you're looking at these prototype matches, there's first round prototypical matches, Jalen Carter, Mozzie Smith. There's a second round prototypical match in Keanu Benton. And there's day three prototypical matches in terms of Cameron Young, Gerard Clark, and Broderick Martin. So there are players all throughout the draft that check all of the boxes for the New Orleans Saints in terms of their physical prototype when it comes to defensive tackle. Similarly, defensive end prototypes, there's a ton of matches in this year's class, a ton of matches in this year's class. If we look back and we go all the way back to, I'm not including a guy like Davis Toll, I'm not including a guy like Heoli Kakaha because they were linebackers that happened to be able to rush the passer. I'm talking about three-point stance, hand in the dirt, defensive ends. We're not going all the way back to Cameron Jordan, but we're definitely looking at Peyton Turner. We're definitely looking at Al-Qadim Muhammad. We're definitely looking at Trey Hendrickson, and we're definitely looking at Marcus Davenport. Those are the four since 2015 that I think are worth bunching together. And then what does that give us in terms of the size prototype? Six foot four, around 263 pounds, and then 33 inches. There's a misnomer here that I think you might have just caught on. There is this 
really big consensus out there that the Saints like drafting defensive tackles that are 280 pounds. That's not true. They like drafting defensive tackles who can, or defensive ends who can be 270, 280 pounds, but they drafted Al Quddin Muhammad when he was in the 250s. They drafted Marcus Davenport when he was in the 260s. Their average draft weight amongst those four defen- uh, defensive ends, those four edge rushers, is 263 pounds. So it's not about already being 280. Come to New Orleans. You'll pick up 20 pounds quick, fast, and in a hurry. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. So they're not worried about somebody already being 270, 280 pounds. It's do you have the frame to become that and get there? That's where a lot of these guys check the box. Listen to some of these names. Tyree Wilson, who's all the way up at the top of the draft. Here's your first round, guys. Tyree Wilson, Lucas Van Ness, Miles Murphy. Okay. Tyree Wilson, of course, out of Texas Tech, he could be a top 10 pick. Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa could be a top 15 selection. Miles Murphy out of Clemson could be there at 29 for the Saints. I had the Saints trading up to 21 to make sure that they got him uh, with the Los Angeles Chargers. Couple of day two guys, Keon White, the very, 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 very project defensive end out of Georgia Tech. Isaiah Foskey, a little bit more refined, but has some more development to do out of Notre Dame. Zach Harrison, the Ohio State Buckeye, don't forget that name. And then you can get into some of the day three guys, Elijah McGuire out of Missouri, Mike Morris out of Michigan, as well as uh, Ali Gay out of LSU. Notable outliers here, Nolan Smith out of Georgia, a fan favorite. I've seen a lot of people say, oh, the Saints, I can't wait for the Saints to trade up and draft Nolan Smith. First of all, you might not have to trade up to draft Nolan Smith because he's a tweener and no one knows where he's going, right? No one knows what position he plays, anything like that. Uh, but he is a refined pass rusher, but he might be too small. And it's not just too small because of weight. It's too small because of everything. He's too small. That doesn't mean that the Saints don't change the prototype for him, but because I like Nolan Smith a lot. I would love to see Nolan Smith in New Orleans. The thing about it is that just because I like the prospect doesn't mean I like the fit for the prospect. Those can be two different conversations. Andre Carter has everything, but is a little bit too light at 256. I don't think that that's enough to keep them from drafting him out of army though. But again, very, very developmental guy that should be a third, fourth round selection. Viliami Fahoko, slightly too short, slightly too short, six foot three and a half, just under the six foot four threshold. I stayed true to these thresholds, y'all. And then Felix Anudike Uzama, too short, too light, but does have the arms. So some of those guys might be just close enough to the prototype. Again, Andre Carter comes in at 256. They drafted uh, Al-Qudi Muhammad, I believe, at 253. So it doesn't completely rule them out, but just looking at some notable outliers from that six foot four, 260-pound, 33-inch arms. So the Saints do have a ton of options here. They could go with any of these. They have several day one, day two, day three options at defensive tackle, day one, day two, day three options at defensive end and edge rusher. And if they decide here that they're going to go for one in day one, one in day two, and then leave the rest of their draft open for themselves, that means that they could walk away with a combination of Mozzie Smith and uh, Isaiah Foskey or Zach Harrison. That also means they could walk away with Miles Murphy and Keanu Benton, which would be a fantastic one-two, right? So there's a whole list of fantastic one-twos or one-threes that the Saints could do. When I say one-two or one-three, I mean round one, round two, round one, round three selections. or Green Bay Packers come calling, hey, we got 42 and 45 for you if you want it. And then you've got 40, 42, and 45 to pick almost. I mean, you could walk away with Keanu Benton. You could still walk away with Miles Murphy and Keanu Benton. For all we know, you could walk away with uh, Keanu Benton, Isaiah Foskey, and 
you know, Jameer Gibbs or something. Like, there's a lot of really fun things that could happen in that case. Again, I don't know that that happens, but fun to consider. Coming up next, the Saints have their field day available to them when it comes to defensive tackle, defensive end. That's not the case when it comes to the running back prototype. However, very, very limited selection of running backs in this year's class. And I'm talking less than a handful. Let's look at who they are and why the Saints should break their mold when it comes to this year's running back class. Got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by Better Help Therapy Online. I've been here a bunch telling you all about therapy, that I do it, I'm very open about it, and that I believe that everyone should do it. It's like going to a doctor for your thoughts. I mean, it is massively helpful. Mental health is health. So make sure you go and check out BetterHelp today. If you're interested in therapy, I cannot recommend BetterHelp enough. You join, you take a quick questionnaire so that they get to learn a little bit about you, and then they pair you up with a therapist that is a match. That way you don't have to, you know, you find somebody that has either similar experience or experience with your experience, whatever, and then pairs up super well for you. And if they don't, it's free to change therapists as well. So it's not going to burn a hole in your pocket to make sure you get the right fit at the most important time potentially of your life. And outside of that too, it's massively convenient, super affordable, no traffic, no waiting rooms, none of that stuff. You can do it all from the comfort of your own home, bringing therapy to you, quality therapy to you wherever you are. So if you want to check it out, you'll make sure that you go check it out today over at betterhelp.com slash locked on. It's going to give you 10% off of your first month. Once again, that is betterhelp, H-E-L-P, slash locked on to learn more today. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Saints with a very, very selective pool of potential running backs that fit the Saints running back prototypes in this year's draft class. I think we can all agree that running back is a big need for the New Orleans Saints. I don't think that there's anything, any two ways about that. Even if you weren't staring down what could be a potential suspension, for Alvin Kamara, he's 29 years old. Jamal Williams is 29 years old. Having a plan for your future at running back makes a ton of sense because you never know if an injury is going to set in, all these other things. And especially with the New Orleans Saints, because they've been dealing with so many injuries over the course of the past couple of years, can't have enough good players. And I know from one high-ranking Saints person that they are interested, at least that person is, <laughs> interested in adding playmakers in this year's draft. And one of the largest collections of playmakers in this year's draft comes down to the running back spot, the running back position. So running back could be a big time focus for the New Orleans Saints, maybe not necessarily day one, maybe not even necessarily day two, but you could still find quality running backs rounds four and on. So what is the prototype for the New Orleans Saints running back? Well, we have to look back to a little bit further. I went a little bit further back in this one, went all the way back to Miles Murphy, Daniel Lasco, and then I included Alvin Kamara you know, uh, all of that. Uh, and I include Boston Scott, of course, as well. Didn't go all the way back to Mark Ingram, though. But adding Mark Ingram in, I think, only really furthers the prototype. It wouldn't really change the prototype because the prototype really sits around five foot nine, 195 or more pounds. You look at um, Marcus Murphy, he was, what, uh, five foot nine, 198. That was kind of the smaller. But then even with uh, Boston Scott, five foot six, but 195 pounds. So you're looking at 195 pounds plus, and then somewhere hovering in terms of the average height around five foot nine. You had five foot six, five foot nine, six foot even, five foot eleven. So you're looking at about five foot nine. Here's the other thing, though, that they really like. They like running backs that still have a lot of tread on the tires. Less than 350 career carries. You look at the career carries of 
Uh, the players that they drafted before Marcus Murphy, 337. Uh, who is this at six foot? I don't have a name here. Oh, yes, I do. Daniel Lasco. <laughs> it's literally right in front of my face. Daniel Lasco, 348 career carries. Uh, Alvin Kamara, 210 career carries. Boston Scott, 287 career carries coming out of college. So the average was right around like 295.5. But really, the range is so wide, we'll just say less than 350 gives you an idea. And the other thing is that they really like running backs that have less than or right around 100 carries per year. The most out of those players is Alvin Kamara at 105 carries per year, but the average across those four running backs was just 93. So who are the players that check those boxes? Yeah, ready for a short list? I'm going to read every single player off this list. Zach Evans, the running back out of Ole Miss. Kenny McIntosh, the running back out of Georgia. And Daenerys Prince, the running back out of Tulsa. That's it. That's your list. That's your list. And so I think the Saints need to break the prototype here because if you just look at the size prototype and you don't take into consideration the carries, the career carries, 350 or more, that adds Jameer Gibbs to your list out of Alabama, that adds Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA to your list, that adds Tajay Spears out of Tulane to your list. Tajay Spears, 427 carries. Is that really so much? So much knowing that it's really one year of really solid work for him in terms of all of the carries, right? He's incredibly talented. I'm not saying he only has one year of production. I'm saying he only has one year in which he was run like a workhorse coming into an NFL team where he would not be run like a workhorse. He would be a part of a committee. So is 77 carries enough to say, no, no, not him. Jameer Gibbs, are 33 carries enough to say, no, no, not him? I don't think so. So I think the Saints have to break their prototype if they want to draft a running back that is a playmaker in this year's draft. There's two exceptions here, though. Kenny McIntosh and Daenerys Prince are both good running backs. Daenerys Prince is one that you've probably not heard very much about unless you're a Tulane fan. Tulane Tulsa, of course, play against one another. But Kenny McIntosh, though, let's look further into the uh, the prototypes. Um, 409 RAS. Daenerys Prince, 958 RAS. Let's go further. A couple of other thresholds in terms of athletic testing. The Saints average bench reps for a running back, 17 and a half. Average vertical leap when it comes to the four running backs that they've selected in recent years, 37 inches. And broad jump at about, what would this be? 10 foot, four inches. So if we look at that, Daenerys Prince, 10 foot, four inch broad jump, 18 bench reps, 35 and a half inch vertical, one and a half inch too short. But outside of that, checks every single other box. Less than 100 career, uh, less than less than 350 career carries, comes in right around 300 or comes in right around 100 per year, less than. Checks all the athletic testing, carries and thresholds, things like that. Comes in close to the yards per carry. 5.9 is the prototype. 5.5 is where generic Prince is. He's the closest one. And he's a, he's a running back that literally no one ever talks about. Myself included. This is the first time I've talked about him on the show. So I'm just pointing out a name in generic Prince. 5'11", 216 pounds, 441 speed. Pretty good. Pretty good. Very impressive athletic testing, especially at that size. And then the explosion. Don't forget that name. Daenerys Prince, the running back out of Tulsa, could potentially be a fit for the Saints, whether that be late in the draft or potentially undrafted. Who knows?
Who knows, right? We didn't expect Abram Smith to go undrafted last year. He did. So uh, for the Saints, I mean, the running back prototypes, you got one option. One option that checks multiple of the most important boxes, the RES score, the size, the usage throughout their collegiate career. But I think the usage throughout the collegiate career should get a little bit of a pass this year. Jameer Gibbs comes in with an 8.06 RES score, just over the eight-point threshold for the New Orleans Saints. I would take that time and time again. Tajay Spears comes in well above that as well. So I, I, I think the Saints should break the prototype when it comes to running back, because this year's classes would, make, would be very, very slim in terms of the guys that actually check those boxes. It's Daenerys Prince, running back out of Tulsa. I still say don't forget the name, though. Because it's not like he's not impressive. It's not like he's not a good running back. Just ain't got a lot of shine. All right, coming up in tomorrow's episode, it's midweek mock draft on Wednesday. Usually we do midweek fundamentals. We'll keep it simple tomorrow. We'll go through my final mock draft, uh, which if you listen to Monday's episode, you already have a sneak peek at, but we didn't really go into the analysis of it. We'll get into the analysis tomorrow. We'll break it all down. And then Thursday is day one of the NFL draft where we're going to get set up with last second rumors. Um get you all set up with everything you need to know going into the draft, all of the chatter. We'll try to predict what the draft day rumor is going to be. Oh, the Saints want to trade up for Jonathan Taylor. Remember that one? Saints want to trade up for JC Horn into the top 10. Remember that one? So let's see what it is this year. All right, y'all. I appreciate you so much as always making Locked on Saints a part of your day and a part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.